Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Christmas Book Review with me, Carrie Mercer. So today I've got five new books for you to talk about. The first one is called A World of Cookies for Santa. Follow Santa's Tasty Trip Around the World. That was really fun. That was a kid's book. And the next one is Krampus, the Yule Lord. This was a long novel. And the next one was The Last Christmas. This was a graphic novel. As well as the next one, Krampus, Shadow of St. Nicholas. So two graphic novels this time. And the last one I'll talk about is The Magic of Christmas to Cross Stitch, French Charm for Your Stitch Work. So let's get into the details. The first book, A World of Cookies for Santa, Follow Santa's Tasty Trip Around the World, was written by M.E. Furman, illustrated by Susan Gow. This was published in 2017 by Houghton Mifflin. So the first thing I noticed about this book is that there is a map in the end papers, and I love maps showing where a story takes you. So in this case, it travels to different parts of the world. So that's really fun to see all the different places on a big map. It starts on Christmas Island in the story because that's the first place in the world to welcome Christmas Day. Christmas Island is in the Southern Pacific Ocean and they leave coconut macaroons for Santa. So at each stop on this journey, the author describes the tasty treats left for Santa, and in some places we learn other Christmas traditions as well as the cookies. Like in New Zealand, they leave hay and carrots out for the reindeer. That's nice of them to think of the reindeer. In Australia, because it's summer at Christmas, they leave a cool glass of milk or beer for Santa. And in India, he gets spicy chai. Father Christmas in Malawi is shown with dark brown skin, which I really liked because of the idea that children see Santa in their own image. So that's kind of nice. He's not just a white fella. In some places, he has different names, too, like Baba Noel in Egypt and Grandfather Frost in Russia. And in Russia, Grandfather Frost works with the Snow Maiden, who you might remember from another episode I did where I reviewed a story in Connie Willis's short story collection about Snegaruchka. That's the name of the Snow Maiden in Russia. So in Norway, the Christmas elf comes into the house on Christmas Eve to ask if there are any good children there, and sometimes the children must sing for him before they receive their gifts. Julenissen is thanked with riskum, a sweet rice pudding served with a cherry sauce. And in Poland, the star man visits with the star boys. In France, a donkey, Gooey, carries Santa's heavy sack instead of reindeer. In Ireland, Santa might find a glass of Guinness waiting for him. 
My favorite Santa is in Hawaii. Kapakaloaka Santa is pulled on a surfboard by a dolphin before he walks on the sand to get to the children's houses. I thought that was a really fun image. And they leave him pineapple macadamia bars. Mmm, sounds good. So in all, in this book, we visit 32 places. Most of them are countries, but there are a few states in the United States that celebrate differently than the rest of the country. So those are kind of pulled out for attention, like Hawaii and Alaska. Then there is Bethlehem, the site of the first Christmas, and where people come from all around the world to celebrate Christmas. So that one is given some attention as well. The book is super colorful with pictures of treats and children in traditional dress and Santa in his many guises. In back, there are some recipes from nine different places. And inside the front and back cover are world maps, like I mentioned, with Santa's route on a dotted line. And the back map uh, additionally has numbers in order of his visits in the book. And there are pictures of cookies numbered to match. I gave this an 8 out of 10. I really like it. I think it's full of Christmas spirit. I love learning about uh, different Christmas traditions and cookies all around the world. A lot of these I did not know about. And I only gave it an 8, like not higher than an 8, because I wish they'd spent just a few more pages on the recipes with a wider variety of them chosen for actual recipes that we could use. And also coconut, as much as I love it, is a little overrepresented in the recipes that were given. Maybe because those were the easy recipes? I'm not sure. Anyway, it's a really fun book. I would recommend it for any children. Um, and that is, of course, a picture book. So the next book I'll tell you about is called Krampus the Yule Lord by Brahm. And I wasn't familiar with Brahm. He's one of these one-name artists like Cher or Bono. It was published in 2012 by HarperCollins. And Brahm is not only a writer, but an artist as well. And the cover of this book has his artwork. And there are several drawings in the book that are his as well. So that contributes to the story. So this was a surprise. I was kind of expecting an extended critique of the commercialization of Christmas in the form of wicked snarkiness, but it's not really that. Instead, it's a real story with characters that you get attached to and care about, including old tall and ugly himself, Krampus who is constantly getting mistaken for Satan, much to his annoyance. He's not even a lower-class demon, he keeps trying to explain, much less Satan. So Jesse is the other main character in this book. He's a real guy down on his luck who's been working for some bad people, and he's gotten himself in too deep to get out, and now his ex-wife and their daughter 
are in the middle of it, and Jesse needs to save them. But how? when he can't even seem to save himself. This takes place, I say, a rural community. It's a small town near other small towns. It's economically depressed, which is one of the reasons he has the job that he does, which is basically running drugs for some people, because there's not a lot of economic opportunity in this area. So, It involves illegal drug dealing. The community is very impoverished. There's corrupt local government. There's domestic abuse that happens. And there's a lot of neglected children. Solutions are needed. Heroes are needed. Then we wonder, are we going to get them in the form of Jesse or in the form of Santa, maybe? Um, So Santa is another character, but... In this story, Santa is not his first identity. It's like he was in the witness protection program and he cut a deal and got out of a jam, but now he's had to go legit and he's so into his new role and identity that he believes his own press about how good and selfless he is. When actually, he was one of Odin's sons, Balder, And he is the one who removed Krampus from circulation, locking him in a cave chained up for like 500 years. So Krampus, a lord and powerful spirit of the old world that revolved around changing seasons and nature, finally gets free in this new world and figures Once people know he's back, they'll forget all about Santa. Well, he's woefully underestimated Santa's popularity in this world. And when he visits children in their homes, most are frightened off by his appearance because they think he's Satan. Krampus also really hates Christmas trees as well as Santa. He hates the way they have decorations and lights on them, so he's always destroying people's Christmas trees when he visits them, which does not endear him to people. (laughs) So Krampus needs some helpers in his mission to squelch Santa, and he finds Jesse, and Jesse has to make a deal with Krampus so that he can save his ex and his little girl from some really nasty people. Krampus does a deal with him. He wanted to be able to do this on his own, Jesse did, but he soon realizes he's going to need some help. So in exchange for Jesse helping Krampus on his quest to find and kill Santa, Krampus will help Jesse get rid of the goons who are holding Jesse's family at gunpoint. The story is violent, it's dark, it's sad. It reminded me a bit of Neil Gaiman's American Gods in that almost no one is interested in the old gods anymore. And I rather liked it, but it kind of dragged in the middle. And at 350 pages, it's a bit too long. Um, Needed some editing. And there's not enough bright spots for me. I just felt tired by all the bleakness. (laughs) So 
I'm giving it a 7 out of 10 on the Christmas spirit scale. It was a really interesting story, though. I think a lot of people would enjoy it. So the next book is called The Last Christmas. This was a graphic novel by Jerry Duggan and Brian Posen. It was published by Image Comics, and it is actually a collection of issues one through five. It was published in 2006. Patton Oswalt writes the foreword, which is a parody of Twas the Night Before Christmas, only with zombies. So it's really funny. It's great for horror fans. Overall, I'm giving this a 7 out of 10, and let me tell you why. The story is narrated by Gary the Snowman, who sings the first part with rhymes like, quote, It's the awful toxic pollutants that made us all these mutants, unquote. He tells the story of how humanity poisoned the earth and themselves so badly that there's hardly anyone left who's not a zombie, but a few survive, and as long as there are good boys and girls, there is still hope, and Santa keeps working. But then, in the story, something really terrible happens to Santa, I won't tell you what, and it makes him want to give up, and not only not be Santa anymore, but die. And he only finds out um, when he tries to die that he can't die as long as there are boys and girls still believing in him. So I thought that was kind of funny. It's like he's a fairy. If people believe in him, he exists. There are some interesting titles of the issues one through five. There's Twas the Fight Before Christmas. The second issue is called Violent Night. The third is called Season's Beatings. And then there are no discernible titles that I could find for issues four and five, which seemed kind of awkward. If these really came out as single issues, what were they called? <laughs> the first three were very creatively titled, so I was a little disappointed with that. This is definitely not for little kids. It could be for a savvy tween who loves zombie stuff. It reminds me a bit of mad magazine parodies of popular movies. It's very graphic, as in lots of vomit, guts, and brains. It shows Santa in a pretty bad light, drowning his sorrows in alcohol, really hitting bottom. But he does finally get it together, telling himself, quote, My crybaby parade ends now, unquote. When he and the remaining elves have to go save the only remaining little boy who believes, it gets quite exciting. The beginning of issue or chapter five starts with a photo of Einstein with an accompanying quote, which I looked up because I thought it seemed a little wonky. And it is a real quote, but the writer slightly changed it. The original is, quote, I know not what weapons World War III will be fought with, but World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones, unquote. Very ominous. So the writers changed it for the comic from sticks and stones to, quote, 
candy-striped shotguns and ornament grenades, unquote. So, I'm not sure how I, uh, how I feel about this. I think it would have been really more affecting if they had left the quote the way it was because it's already so powerful a comment on our ability to destroy ourselves. And the writer's change isn't really that funny. I think the original quote would have been more effective. Anyway, this is very dark comedy and it's pretty good for what it is. Even in a zombie apocalypse, the Christmas spirit survives, so that's good to know. If I was still in my 20s, I'd think this was more clever. Now I'm not as impressed with all the gross-out stuff. But the story does hang together, and it develops with some clues along the way as to how things will progress if you're paying attention. So overall, I'm giving it a 7.5 out of 10. And again, that was called The Last Christmas. So the next book is also a graphic novel. It's called Krampus, Shadow of St. Nicholas. It's by Michael Doherty, and several different artists did the drawings for this graphic novel. It was published by Legendary Comics in 2015. And I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. I really liked it. So Doherty freely admits in his introduction to the story that he would like Christmas better if it were more like Halloween. That is, if there were something more dark and mysterious about it. He alludes to its pagan origins and says Krampus brings a, quote, healthy dose of Halloween-style fear, unquote, to the holiday. What follows, after the introduction, are four separate tales of Christmas involving Krampus. Each has a different artist. So there are no titles for the separate stories. They're just named Roman numeral 1, 2, 3, and 4. The first story is about a bad mall Santa who's an alcoholic, he's rude, and he's a vet who sometimes flashes back to Nam. He's trapped in a department store when Krampus and his minions attack the town, and Santa and a couple mall employees have to protect some kids from a group home who've been left at the store. It's a good story with some great moments of humor and point, very poignant. Two is the most memorable story, I thought, about a police officer whose sister was killed by a drunk driver and how this death haunts her, making her question everything she does. Meanwhile, she has to arrest a man who stole someone's Christmas presents. And then Krampus's gang attacks and she misinterprets it as a punishment from God for failing her sister. This is a really tragic story. Number three is about a ragtag family of homeless people who are evicted from a vacant house where they've been squatting, so they can't find anywhere else to go, so they break into the house of the greedy real estate developer who evicted them. He thinks, when he finds them in his house, that he's going to send them all to jail where they belong. But Krampus intervenes. This one feels the most complete to me as far as a story. 
there's a setup and payoff and it feels like maybe the right people are getting their just desserts, which is what Krampus is all about. Number four was a surprise magic trick that brought all the stories together and wrapped them up in a really satisfying end. I wasn't expecting this. I thought they were all separate stories and I kind of wondered like, gee, this didn't feel quite complete. But it turns out the fourth story is bringing them all together. Another part of the magic of this last story, bringing them all together, is that there are different artists with every previous story. And yet artists who did part four is still able to make the characters recognizable from the parts one, two, and three. It was really well done. I thought it was great storytelling, how it brought them all together. And it definitely has the Christmas spirit and kind of what I thought of Krampus, that he's making sure justice is done at Christmas. (laughs) So I give that a nine out of 10. Again, that was called Krampus Shadow of St. Nicholas. And the last book I'll talk about this episode is called The Magic of Christmas to Cross Stitch, French Charm for Your Stitchwork. It was written by Veronique Enginger, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, published by Schaefer, and it was originally published in French. It was translated into English in 2018. And I did take a couple pictures in this book and put them on my Christmas book review Instagram so you can see some of those. I gave this a 10 out of 10. I thought it was really beautiful. This feels like equal parts craft book and coffee table book. It's both practical and beautiful. It's really fun to just look at. There's actually lots of white space in it, which seems like such an extravagance for a full-color book. The designs are all of a piece in the same style that sort of reminds me of a 1950s golden book. The author seems to use the terms cross-stitch and embroidery interchangeably, but to me these are all cross-stitch designs. There is some backstitch in them, which I guess you could call embroidery, but that's sort of part of cross-stitch too. So they're all cross-stitch designs. The first part of the book shows all the finished cross-stitch patterns in themed groupings paired with something else Christmassy, whether it's a recipe for Christmas cookies or a history of Christmas window shopping. The stitching is staged with other Christmassy bits and bobs like ribbon, fabric, and other little tchotchkes. Some are full color and some are mostly red work, the designs, the cross-stitch designs, but none are very difficult and most are small enough to take on for a special little gift for someone. There are a few larger designs, like the Tree of Treats that's on the cover of the book, but they're still in that same style that reminds me of 1950s golden books. 
There are suggestions throughout the book to incorporate the designs into special projects like an advent calendar or a single ornament. I thought this was a really fabulous book for any needlepoint artist or crafter. It's beautiful to look at, like I said, and you can use it to make things as well. So that's why I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Again, that was called The Magic of Christmas to Cross Stitch, French Charm for Your Stitchwork. So that's about it for this episode, except for one thing I want to mention, my first giveaway, because I have arrived and now surpassed the double digits in episodes for Christmas Book Review. I'm giving away a brand new copy of a book that I first heard about on another Christmas podcast called Weird Christmas. If you aren't already a listener of that one, you should check it out. It's a great show. It's got lots of quirky stuff about Christmas that I never knew. And I like to think of it as sort of the X-Files for Christmas. Anyway, the book that I'm giving away is called The Myths That Stole Christmas, Seven Misconceptions That Hijacked the Holiday, and How We Can Take It Back. It's by David Kyle Johnson. It's a really interesting look at some ideas about Christmas that are so much in the media that we sort of take for granted that they're true when actually they're not. Things like Santa Claus is St. Nicholas, or there's a war on Christmas. Each of these myths gets its own chapter, so the author really goes into depth. So if that sounds like something you'd like to read, just send me an email saying you'd like to be in the drawing for this giveaway. That's all. You don't have to leave me a review, although it would be nice if you did that too. But for this drawing, just send me an email and maybe tell me a book you've read that you heard about on the podcast. I'll keep this drawing open until Halloween, October 31st. Okay, so if you'd like to support the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash christmasbookreview, all one word. If you'd like to recommend a book for me to review, or if you've written a Christmas book and want to send me a copy to review, I can be reached at christmasbookreview at gmail.com. As I mentioned earlier, I do have an Instagram for the show where I take pictures of some of the books with more memorable craft projects or illustrations, and you can see some of those interesting images. Thanks for listening, and if you want to help me spread the word about this podcast, you can leave me a review on iTunes, or better yet, tell a friend. Until next time, happy reading. Mm -hmm.